What's up y'all, Daniel, NewEraBarbering.com and welcome back to another YouTube video. And on this video, um, I wanna talk about, you know, why you should focus on perfection uh, and not the result. And I've been talking about this a lot uh, in the podcast. If you're on uh, the email list, um, I've been sending emails just kind of covering this topic and kind of deep dive on that. Um, and I've also been talking about it a lot with like barbers I work with in the Elevated Mentorship Program because I think this, is a very important aspect if you want to be, not only if you just need want to be number one, but if you want to build a business that's really great. And this kind of, <clears throat> I guess, mental model and like way of thinking has really allowed me to, you know, as a barber, build my business up and now running, you know, the new era of barbering as a company, um, really cultivate the proper vision for this thing and like really also get the damn results that I had the vision for, right? Because it's one thing to have a vision and have like a really big goal or plan that you want to uh, conquer and create. It's another thing to do the damn thing. And I think a lot of individuals uh, and people in general, they can dream very big, but when it comes to the execution side of it, um, they fall very short of it. And, you know, it kind of almost makes somebody believe that they are not capable to do the things that they want to do or that, you know, the world conspires against them, which isn't true. Most times, most of the time, it's just, you know, the individual just hasn't done the proper things. Um, and honestly, they're just going for a result. And I know that might sound weird at first in this video, but when we go through some examples um, and kind of lay out the theory behind this, as well as the practical work, it'll make a lot more sense why you should just focus on just getting a result and instead focus on this thing called perfection. So, what I have here, um, of course I have my notes as usual because there's no way in hell I could just go off the, off my uh, top of the head with this thing. So, first I'll get into a story about how this really applied to my life and really the lesson uh, so we can understand just how this thing really works out. And then we'll go through some practical examples in like other businesses um, and then at the end, we'll kind of go through some action items. So, you know, we'll have the stories, we'll have the theories, we'll have the practical work, and then we'll also have other examples just to really drive home this point. So, to start out, really for me, when, I mean, like in high school, I played baseball, and I thought I was pretty decent, right? Um, obviously, I'm not that good, because otherwise I would still be playing. But, you know, this kind of popped up, you know, around high school level when, I mean, I, honestly, like just any, person or guy or girl who's playing sports, you know, you kind of want to see, well, you know, can I go pro or can I get to the next level and play at the next level? Am I that good? And, you know, I had dreams of doing that. And that was like the, the vision and the goal and the plan that I had for myself. Um, now, of course, to get there, I wasn't at that level like in any high school there is. There's a couple of freaks of nature that are good enough to play at the, you know, next level, but I wasn't there yet. So, of course, I needed to train. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, in order to get to the next level, I just need to get a result. Like I need to hit well, I need to like do all right fielding wise, you know, we need to, I need to know, know how to win and everything like that. And so I kind of just trained for the result, right? And what happened was, well, I kind of, I got the result at the high school level. Like it was pretty, I, I was a pretty decent player. I could hit, could field, could run well enough, could play defense well enough. At the high school level, I had the result. And I'm like, okay, cool, that's gonna tr translate to the next level and obviously I'm going to play. Well, what happened was, I mean, I went to college and I got cut, right? And to make it worse, it was community college. So it wasn't even like, you know, 
anything that was great. Of course, the college, community college I went to was coming off a state championship, so they were very good, and there was a lot of people and a lot of talent out there. But what I realized from that was, you know, I probably shouldn't have been just worried about the result of hitting, fielding, playing defense, offense, and all this other stuff, just thinking at the high school level, right? Because that's kind of just going for the here and now result. I should have been more focused, well, first of all, I should have probably had the idea of what my overall goal was, right? Um, as the optimization point, which, you know, might have been college, might have been pro level if I, you know, I probably did, I think I did have like that desire for a little while of like, man, what if I could turn pro? It was kind of like a what if more than like a plan and a goal and that probably was a bad thing because I should have had the goal and then work towards that. But, you know, the only goal I had was really just focused on being a really good high school player and not a really good college player or not a really good pro player. And, you know, when I was training, sure, I was doing the minimum of like what I should be doing just to be a good you know, high school player, like hitting, improving fielding, <clears throat> you know, training that. But I was also doing a lot of dumb stuff, like just bicep curls all the damn time in the gym or like bench pressing and just doing like all these things that didn't really matter. Um, because again, too, I was getting the result already. So the feedback for me was like, oh, I'm good. I just need to continue doing this. and I don't need to do any more work, even though I was a hard worker, right? I, I worked, I trained every day and um, honestly, it was more like productive procrastination. Sure, I felt busy. Sure, I felt like I was doing the right things to get to the next level. In reality, those things that I was doing never translated, right? Now, we can go ahead and fast forward, because uh, of course, like after I got cut and stopped going to college, went to barber school and started my barbering journey. Um, fast forward maybe like a couple years, and you know, I had built my business up. It was at a barber shop, and I think I was like charging 20 bucks. and. You know, I started to see the same trends happening. You know, I wanted to get to the next level of my business. I wanted to make more. Uh, I wanted to charge more. Um, yet I was doing kind of the same. I, I noticed it, you could kind of always see the same patterns occurring, right? Meaning, like, um, I was really wasn't doing the right actions, and the actions I was doing, like, they were no different. Like I wasn't changing anything up in the business. I was doing the same thing, thinking it'd get me the better result, and that's like really improper thinking, right? It's like almost if it, like let's say when I was in high school, and let's say I got to college or community college, and of course things weren't working out. Mentally, I'm like more bicep curls. That's what I got to do, right? Um, which you know when, when we kind of give that example, it's like no dumbass. Like it's not what you have to do, right? But that's kind of like the thinking that. Maybe, I mean, I for sure took at some point in time, I think a lot of other people take, um, is just like, oh man, this isn't happening or I'm not getting the next level with what I'm doing right now. Oh man, I just need to keep on doing more and more and more. And it's like, hold, like, you know, let's take a step back. Let's look like more times than not, whatever you are doing, it's optimized for just to get a result. And that, that result isn't perfection. The two are very, very different, right? You can go ahead and let's say like, you know, like there's a difference between like losing five pounds and like, you know, being physically fit, right? Um, you know, you could just like stop eating for a couple of days and lose five pounds and you're not physically fit versus like perfection of like, I don't know, like, you know, one of those like bodybuilding competitions, like that type of fitness level. Um, you know, the result versus perfection, I mean, the two are, I mean, like when you kind of start separating the two, you see how far apart these things are and like honestly, how almost easy it is to get a somewhat result that you're kind of like comfortable with versus like 
going for the perfection state, which will get you the long-term result and more of the original result that you actually wanted. So the lesson, of course, is you know you should be focused on, first of all, you should have an idea of what perfection is in your field. And then you should work and do the actions surrounding that, not the result, right? And again, too, that might not be as clear. So I have a couple of examples. And again, too, this is more around if you want to be number one or if you just don't want to be beaten out um, by the competition or I mean in business like you know it is kind of like semi-competitive but also you know everything that's created dies eventually there's nothing that has lasted the test of time um, and there's been no business that will last the test of time and even like these individuals you know at some point in time their career or their business or whatever they're doing has an end and I think that's a very sobering fact that you know, this thing ends with, of course, like we all die at some point in time, but like the thing that you're doing should end because that's like natural law. Um, and it's your job to see how long you can prolong that pocket of time. If you get to number one status, first of all, that's the first thing. And then how long can you prolong that number one status? Because what is it worth to do all that damn work, get to, you know, the B number one, and then only be there for a day and then get knocked off and be wiped off the board completely the next day. It doesn't make sense, right? You, if you want to do all that work, you might as well stay there for a while. So some examples that aren't me, that might drive home this point a little bit clearer. Um, shit, shit, honestly, one is Apple. I'm trying to find my phone. So here's my phone right here, right? Apple, um, really good product. And honestly, they are now, number one, the most valuable company and brand literally in the world, right? And how did they do that? And obviously they didn't start with iPhones, they started with computers. Um, and back when like Steve Jobs and you know, Wozniak was like creating these things, um, you know, Bill Gates from Microsoft was like the king. And Steve found like this flaw where sure, they made a plethora of products and sure they had a lot of things that were all right and good, but they weren't great and they weren't like really crafted that well and they weren't thought out well for like a consumer, um, for damn sure. And Steve understood this. And so when they went to go and create any product, first of all, like anything that, that he put his team to work on, I mean, he would go ahead, they would give him a final product and he would just say, it's not good enough. This has to be better. All the way down to the smaller details of you know, what this thing looks like on the inside. Of course, I don't have like a first level Macintosh. I just have an iPhone to flash here. But, you know, what's really incredible is like back then, people didn't really give a shit, especially like, you know, who did people who did computers or any technology. They didn't really care for the thing and what it looked like on the inside because, because like the average consumer wasn't going to open this thing up and it, they didn't want that thing to look, they, I mean, they just didn't put the care in, and thought into it. And, Jobs knew that actually did matter, right? He knew that like at some point in time somebody will open it up and if they do they wanted to make it look the best as possible and like the cleanest, the most simplest thing and not like some really, uh, you know, they, they, he wanted to make it as friendly as possible. And this might seem like really dumb at first, at first, right? Because it's like you're adding a bunch of work on, you're not able to ship out a product and you're prolonging like um, profit margins off this thing. 
But what that allowed him to do is push his team to get real creative with, you know, whatever they were working on spacing-wise, to where now they can damn near fit probably better than any computer, well, not better than any computer, but really, like, have, like, really thin phones. And, like, these things can do fucking incredible wonders. Like, you know, because he had that idea back then of what perfection looked like, um, in terms of all the way down into the interior. Whereas nobody gave really a shit about that and just thought about the result, the profit margin, all this thing. It allowed him and his team to be really um, self, I guess, auditing on, all right, cool, this, is, this looks good, but like, how can we make it better? And they just continued to do that until they had better products that, you know, connected with the consumer more. And they honestly just made products that people love. So, you know, and it kind of shows the results is there because I don't know. I always forget to look this damn thing up, but you know, they're worth a couple trillion dollars. If I'm not mistaken as a, as a brand and as a company. Um, and they continue to just harp on that, you know, good is not good enough. You need to be great. And most companies, especially back then, or even maybe even today in technology, um, you know, good is good enough for them because they're focused on profits, not like, how does somebody actually interact with this damn thing? Do people actually love these products? And because that stuff matters. Um, another good example is like with Kobe Bryant in high school. Now, I don't remember what I, where I heard this from, um, but I do remember hearing him say that it was a lot harder um, in high school to play than it is in the NBA. And I think it was a reporter asking him and the reporter kind of questioned like, what do you mean by that? And what he meant was, Basically, in high school, everybody's hungry because everybody wants to make it to the NBA. So people are working harder, they're more driven, and you know you have to be that next level up beyond them. That's the thing they're trying to go after, right? And everybody's after that goal. But once everybody gets to the NBA, a good portion of the market, or like the players, they kind of just ease up, they relax, because they have that goal, right? And they thought they've accomplished and conquered everything, and they think that that's gonna stay there forever. And when in fact, like, that's not true. Like, I don't know how short an NBA career is. I think an NFL career is like three or four years, average NFL career, right? And so, like, you know, people who make it to like these sport, the, like professional athletes, that's like their whole goal their whole life. Instead of like, cool, I made it, now what? And for Kobe, he always wanted to be the best. Of course, like Michael Jordan was the best basketball player. And so he said, cool, uh, he has six championships, I have to get more. I believe Kobe had five. Um, and so he was more worried about what would make him the best of all time, rather than just making to the NBA and getting paid. And we could see this like literally anywhere in a lot of individual sports or businesses where people more optimize for getting the money versus becoming great because it's funny, when you optimize for like perfection and being great long term, that actually gets you the most amount of money. And whereas if you're just focused on the money, you actually won't get that. You might have it for like a short period and pocket of time, but because you lost touch with like what actually gets you the thing, it, you're not gonna have it at some point in time, right? Um, another great example of this is Amazon with shit, anything really, right? So Amazon, they're like biggest, I mean, they had a lot of competitors in, in the space, but let's just take shipping, right? Generally, like with the US Postal Service or 
you know, FedEx or UPS or any of these things, shipping took like a long time. And it was pretty average for everybody who expected they ordered something online to get it within like five to seven days. And even that was pretty quick. And that's if the, the you know, US Postal Service or whoever was shipping it did not lose it. And sure, Amazon had like the lowest prices, right? So they beat any online competitor with that. But again, it kind of goes back to that Steve Jobs good is not good enough. Just because we're here doesn't mean, you know, if you're looking at it from a strategical point, sure, you have that. But somebody else could like come in and you left way too much room to get basically taken out. All somebody had to do was create one day shipping or shit. If they're averaging five day shipping, somebody just had to make a four day shipping, same pricing, and they probably would have beat them out, right? And so this is where the, the strategy comes in with this thinking as well too. It's like, fuck, all right, I'm here. Where am, I, where am I weakest at? Where can I actually get taken out? Where can somebody find the opportunity in this um, to take advantage of that I'm kind of blinded to and jaded to because I think I'm successful or I think I've made it. And so what Amazon did was they left no room for really anybody to take them out. And Jeff Bezos did a phenomenal job. So they didn't just settle for like one day ship. I mean, I'm not, not um, just, well, yeah, not only just one day shipping, but they also made the shipping free, right? That was like completely unheard of. Um, free shipping and one day shipping. And that took a lot of work because if you imagine having, I don't know how many billions of customers Amazon has or how many billions of orders they have to do in a plethora of areas, but you have to run a tight ship and you have to figure out, you know, he went all the way down to how quickly does it take somebody to take a product and you know, put it on the conveyor belt to then be able to ship off and put in the right truck to then ship off to whoever it may be. And then they thought about, well, all these third party you know, shippers like UPS or um, FedEx, they take a long time because they have other orders. What if I just get you know, um, my own fleet and deliver that and just you know, it make them smaller, more compact, more agile in the streets? And that way I can go ahead and even have faster shipping and even same day shipping. So, you know, when you focus on perfection and what that looks like, really perfection, what he, I mean, what Bezos, I would assume is trying to optimize for is damn near probably like 30 minute shipping. Like you click a button, you order something, and then within five to 30 minutes, it's at your front door. Like that's like perfection. And if somebody can do that, they win the game of business because they will have customers. They will, you know, <laughs> no, like you can't compete with that. At some point in time, everybody's like, that's the one I'm going with, right? Um, the last one that I think is a phenomenal, like I'm a, I'm, I've been getting more and more into like UFC and um, one of my favorite fighters right now, I mean, of course he's retired, but is Khabib. And I think, um, and if you don't know who Khabib is, he's undefeated, 29 and 0, he was the guy who beat Conor McGregor when McGregor was like on top of the world. Um, and this guy is, I mean, he just mauls people at the end of the day, right? And in, you know, in his professional fighting career, which, which is incredible, I mean, first of all, being 29-0 undefeated in the UFC, uh, in one of the you know, most competitive divisions in the UFC, you know, with Conor McGregor um, and a bunch of other very top talented fighters is pretty damn amazing. But wait, what makes that more amazing is that in 60, I think it's like, I have it right here, in, in 60 rounds professionally fought, right? He's only ever lost two rounds. One being McGregor, I don't know who the other one was, but I just looked up that stat. 
And that's pretty fucking incredible, right? And whereas most people in the UFC, they just want to go ahead and be champion, right? Um, it wasn't good enough. And he thought about, Khabib was like, what's perfection look like, right? And to be champion, undisputed, undefeated, and damn near almost perfect, meaning like never losing a round, right? So there's a great story about this that I heard of Khabib. And basically his training sessions, you know, most, most guys when they train, they just train for one opponent, right? Meaning like wherever they're weakest at, grappling, ground and pound, jujitsu, where they're striking, um, takedown defense, you know, they have all these strategies that they can implement, um, uh, trying to un better understand like the opponent they're trying to um, play, or not play against, but you know, fight against. And what Khabib does is he doesn't just train for one person. He tries to train for one fight, but with five different individuals. And what I mean by this is, I remember hearing that in he in a typical day of sparring, or like there was, might have been like just this a couple times he did this prepping for a fight, where he would take five of the best fighters he knew into training with him. And in one training session, he fought all five. And what he did was, basically took the first one, right? He took one guy and basically wrestled and like grappled with him and until the guy gave up. And it, was, it wasn't like they went like rounds, it was just continuous. And they went for 20 minutes until the guy, the first guy said, all right, I'm, I can barely like move, I'm done, I'm tapped out. Khabib's still in, in it, right? So he, the, the first guy leaves and then they bring in a fresh new guy. Now, Khabib doesn't get a rest, but he just wrestled 20 minutes with one of the best training partners he has. And then he brings in number two, who's fresh, been sitting there watching this whole thing. And they go for another 10 or 15 minutes until that guy's gassed. And then that guy says, I can't move anymore. And they swap them out for number three. Again, no break. And they go again for another five, 10 minutes. Get that guy gets gassed, take him out, bring in number four. And then gas, bring in number five. And this is kind of why if you watch a Khabib fight, the dude doesn't even look tired by the end of it. Like he physically mauls and like his opponents and really he just thrashes them around. It's really interesting to see because he at the end of the fight doesn't look tired. He has better like conditioning and he's much stronger than what other people would think. And again, Sure, can you go ahead and be have a lot of talent and just train specifically for like one individual and be champion? Yeah, of course. Or you could do a strategy like this and only ever lose two rounds in your whole professional fighting career. That's what separates people who just want a result versus number one, right? Result, somebody else gonna knock you off eventually. Per, uh, perfection, you're gonna do some crazy stuff and like really think how far you could stretch yourself like training with five guys in one session and you never getting a break and you continue grappling uh, until that other person gives up. It's pretty incredible. Now, what's some action items that maybe some practical things that for a viewer like yourself can do? Well, you know, number one, I think you always have to have a goal that requires perfection, right? A goal not meaning like, I want to charge this much. Because I hear a lot of barbers that I hop on calls with that want to join Elevated Mentorship and just say, I want to charge this much. Not understanding what that also requires from them, right? Just like if you want to be champion in UFC, 
it doesn't require just to train and fight and win. There's other things that that requires, like what type of training, you know, how long do you train for? What does that, you know, consist of? How often do you train? Um, and then really overall the approach of that, you know, where most guys just go ahead and like grapple and wrestle with one guy, Khabib's over here doing it with five guys till they're gassed out. So something that, that requires perfection, not average, right? And then also requires you to change who you are right now because, you know, a lot of times, uh, a lot of barbers, they'll, they'll just want, a lot of people will just want the price raise, like one price raise and then stay there until they're bored again and be like, oh, maybe we can. But that kind of like, that kind of thinking really leaves somebody susceptible to just staying average and taking a long time and maybe being a barber forever. And again, if that's what you want, fine, but that's not what, first of all, it's not what I create like videos like this for, at least individuals. This is more targeted for, look, if you want to be great at what you do, you want to be able to get up to like $150, $200 plus, make 15, 20, 30K a month from, from cutting hair with only two services and have it real simple, this is how. So, you know, you have to pick something that really stretches you, that honestly, forces you to not be continue doing what you're doing right now. Because if you can do continue doing what you're doing right now and you don't have the result already, how, you know, how, and, and you have something that requires perfection, how, how do you expect to get that, to be quite honest? You're not. Um, and you always have to know, you also have to know that you have to change. So that's the first thing, have a goal, which is also surprising because a lot of barbers don't even have a goal. They don't even know what they want to do. I happen to call them like, cool, what do you want to do? And sometimes it's just crickets and that's not good, right? Um, because you're not thinking about the future, you're not thinking about long-term, you're just staying in the here and now and just thinking about how much money you're gonna make tomorrow so you could spend it that night at the club. So the second thing is, I mean, this is, these are really easy things. Do the right actions, right? Have a goal that requires perfection and then do the right actions. Very simply put, but what you need to do is you need to actually figure out what is actually worth your time spending on. Most of the time when I talk to a barber and when we start working with somebody in the Elevated Mentorship Program, I mean, they're kind of blown away of like, whoa, I didn't know this is what it required me to do. I'm like, yeah, like this is how you run a proper business. This isn't like you just hand out business cards or do some random shit and cut some hair and you know, we raise prices here and there. Like it forces you to actually build a proper business. Um, and most people are not used to that. Now, you know, not only with like the things that you should be spending time on, but also what you should not spend time doing. Because there's a lot of things that will take you away from goal that will actually you think are busy work. Like let's say for me when I was, you know, playing baseball, doing bicep curls, chest press, and doing all this other stupid stuff when training, when instead I should have been figuring out, you know, my perfect goal, which would be like GoPro, and then what is that gonna require for me and have the awareness of like, I'm not there yet, how do I develop this, right? And then who do I need to go to to be able to develop this properly? Um, a great way, like let's say if you don't know this is, well just ask yourself, you know, is this the best plan of attack or is there a better way? And you can't fool yourself either because, you know, a lot of times you can say, oh man, this is the best thing, best plan of attack. And that it might be the best plan of attack that you know of. And that then requires you to go out and get further information or, you know, get help doing the damn thing, get broader awareness of what does this thing actually do instead of guessing your way through. Because guessing your way through is almost playing like Russian roulette. It just takes one time and to fuck up a business. 
Um, and I've seen it happen a lot of times with barbers where they'll see somebody else raise prices and they're like, oh, it's time to go, like I'm motivated. And that's probably the wrong thing to do, right? They don't have cash in the bank. They have way, they have way under 10K in the bank, probably have less than 2K saved up in the bank. And they don't have a proper clientele. They're not, you know, they didn't build the right business. They didn't build the right clients. They didn't build the right acquisition systems. And they don't really know what's going on. Yet they saw somebody else raise prices and think, oh, it's my time, let's go. And that's improper thinking. Because you shouldn't be playing a game of catch up or follow, not even follow a damn leader, but follow whoever the fuck, you know, you think is doing the right thing. And instead figure out what is the right thing to do. Um, and then once you kind of have a, good sense of what's going on, well, you should always audit where you see fit at, right? Now, a great thing that I think, uh, one thing I implemented for myself and like a lot of barbers I work with is obviously that we do a lot of tracking, right? But something for, let's say you, the viewer, what you can do is you should just figure out like what's your goal and then track what you, like just write it down on, on like a notepad or like, you know, in your notes on your phone, like, what you literally do every day action-wise, right? And then do that for like a week without thinking. Everything you do every day. And then see what that added up to. And if it got you closer to the result that you want to, and you should see direct results, great. But if not, you probably aren't doing the right things. And the worst thing also to do is to, I guess, guess and be like, I think this is getting the right way. Because again, that like guessing is, guessing is no better than just, you know, blindly walking you know around hoping that you'll make it to your destination it's just you're taking a stab in the dark so you it would probably do you best to at least get an understanding of what the hell you should do um and this should be done all the time you should always audit like what are you doing is this actually the right thing always questioning and actually thinking critically about you know what you're spending time doing because it again too this all comes to an end. And at some point in time, you could just be wasting time doing stuff that, you know, for whatever reason you think it's going right, or you think this is the goal, and it could be completely off the mark, and you could be just wasting time. So, hopefully this helped, and hopefully like, you know, in terms of the examples and the action items, you at least can get yourself and have a better clear idea of what perfection is for you versus just going after the result. And again, too, this is why I work with barbers in the Elevated Mentorship Program with because, um, you know, getting to $100, 150, 200 plus, making the 15, 20, 25K requires perfection. It doesn't require you to just see a result because again, too, what most barbers will do is they'll see a result of price raise and then they'll just stay at 4K a month and never be able to like build a proper business because they're satisfied with that result, which you cannot do if you want to be great. Uh, and also if you want to level up. Leveling up doesn't mean you stay continuing doing the same lower level stuff. It requires you to take one thing to its max level, do it great, and then you know get yourself out of that type of business and into a different business model and structure. So. With that, um, let's say you are somebody who, you know, you might be interested in working with me in the Elevated Mission program to do this because to be quite honest, um, yeah, I mean, it does get pretty hard to figure out on your own and maybe you do want help um, and you do want to work with me in one-on-one -on -one to help you build your business. Well, what you could do is go ahead and I will put a link down below and you could just schedule a call with me and make sure you figure out a time that works best for you and we could just talk on this call, meaning like, we can go ahead and go over your business, what's kind of going on, the ins and outs, like really dissect this thing and what's going on with it and really dissect where you want to go and really understand what, what, why is that, you know, 
why are you not getting there or getting closer? Why do you not have that yet? And then if I can actually help you, like I'll let you know. Um, I think about, again, to like 75, 80% of people I help on a call with, I can't help them do what they want to do. Meaning like some people, they just want to stay at a 4K per month mark and they want to open a barbershop. I can't, I mean, I'll be transparent. I, I can't help you with that. I can't help you build your business as a barber. And I do think that's the most profitable thing um, besides, you know, of course, I don't think owning a barbershop preferably for me is the route that will get you the biggest return because I don't want to manage people. I don't want to um, have to put up the investment wise. I don't, there's a lot of things and a lot of friction before that. I think it's much more profitable for any barber um, to just stick and focus on the barbering business because you know you don't want to just add a couple thousand dollars and have all of that complexity and headache versus just having one thing, make it very simple, make it very easy on yourself um, and fun and have that do mostly profit. Um, and again, too, that's just my opinion. So again, too, if that's you, you can go ahead and, and click the somewhere button down below. If you like, you ready to get some help, book a call. Uh, click that link, making schedule a time to talk with me personally. Um, and also don't forget to go ahead and tap in with the podcast. So, you know, make sure you go ahead and, and on either Apple Music or Spotify. I've been really good about uploading podcasts weekly. Um, it's just titled Deluxe Podcast. So you can go and check that out. And then also, if you found this video, um, helpful. Go ahead and like and subscribe, share with one friend. Um, and that's it with the video. And so with that, I'll see you guys next week.